podcast where we attempt to rank every single horror movie ever, and this is Ryan. And this is Quincy. How you doing, Quincy? How's it going? Body horror. Yes, yes. Let's mostly. talk about how we are trapped in these, gro- these gross meat prisons, <laughs> and they are constantly decaying and pussing and oozing, and they're gross. So just secreting liquids all over the darn place. And, and, well, and specifically, we're talking about body horror, or we have been talking about body horror, because uh, I went to the doctor today, and they removed um, a significant amount of earwax from my ears. And um, our buddy Evan, uh, who's been on the show a shitload of times, um, was talking to Quincy on Twitter, because, Quincy, you tweeted at me, like, dude, that's supposed to just fall out of your ears when you move your jaw yeah so they say don't put anything smaller than your elbow in your ear because you just impact your um your wax and then it just gets stuck in the back of your ear canal but like the normal motion of your jaw when you chew or talk works the ear canal and like works that wax out uh but after having this discussion i started googling uh impacted earwax and it's like a whole scene just like spider bite spider bite videos on youtube there's like a whole here's this crazy thing that came out of my ear (laughs) oh and also have you ever watched uh cockroach in ear videos i'm sorry cockroach in ear videos yeah yeah when you live in a dirty apartment and a cockroach crawls in your ear cockroaches can't they don't they can't back up so you oh. have to have them removed because all they do is go further in. Oh, and then no. you have to get them pulled. Okay, so um, all of you listening at home, uh, <laughs> if you're in your car, pull over to the side of the road. And cry. And Google cockroach in ear. That is, that's like the Richard Gere gerbil thing, but with bugs and your head, where they yeah, just yeah. only go further in or farther right. in. Um, it's it's really great. The, the, the one that uh, pops up immediately on Google... Uh, YouTube video uploaded by Sire Curb, Removal of Cockroach Stuck in Woman's Ear. It's a classic. It's the... Um, <laughs> really the Enter Sandman of bug in ear videos. Right, right. It's it's really... It's a uh, chef kiss. It's... <laughs> boy. Well, and, and the thing um, is... And the, then like, oh, that is... and, like, botfly videos and, like... Oh, oh shit. I just found uh, the most massive earwax removed in one scoop. Apparently Sire Curb is, like, a great... Uh, nasty boy um, <laughs> account. So. He, is, he is head nasty boy. Uh, well, and, right. and especially with body horror, I feel like um, w- this is what we do as friends is that we fall down these horrible holes where like, like real dolls. When you made me aware of real dolls, it's like it's like we're constantly finding that copy of the tape from The Ring and we're constantly f- swapping it back and forth with horrible internet holes. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I am currently watching an eye zit removal with a cotton pledge. So there's no. a zit inside the eyelid oh, no. that is being removed because <laughs> I hate myself. So let's talk about the nasty movie that uh, got all this started, Body Melt. Oh, Body Melt. Yeah, this, okay. So Body Melt makes me think of um, the fact that when I was um, a kid... Uh, and I would watch uh, the Mad Max movies with my uncle, I thought at the time, because I was like six, that this is what Australia looked like all the time. This was like documentary footage of Australia, and I feel like if I had seen 
body melt as a kid, I also would have believed that this is what's happening on the other side of the world. No, because legit, body melt also has a Mad Max cult-style family in it. <laughs> it does. It turns into the fucking hills have eyes at a certain... Or You know what it is, actually? I realize in the midst of watching it, I quietly said to myself, I'm still better than Wolf Creek. <laughs> Where it's also just like, Australian. oh no. Yeah, which is like, oh no, scary, scary dudes in the outback. Okay, but what else is wild is... I just watched Fair Game, which is another Australian thriller, and mm. they have Mad Max style pickup trucks in that movie. So it that is all right. All right, our, our Australian listeners, please let me know if this is your everyday life is just constant Mad Max style shenanigans on the road, killing kangaroos and souped up trucks because that's what all of these. Okay, so the we mo- should get into the plot. <laughs> No, no. Here's what I know about Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rescuers Down Under, which has a giant <laughs> souped-up truck that's used to catch a golden eagle. Right. Um, Mad Max, giant mm-hmm. trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair Game, giant truck. That um, Razorback movie from the Outback oh, that's yeah. also about uh, kangaroo poachers that have a giant <laughs> souped-up truck. Mick it's from much... Wolf Creek had a big truck. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, you just have to have a big old truck. Yeah. So, uh, the plot of Body Melt is Bodies Melt. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those movies that's exactly what it says on the can. Um, it Now, it opens up with, like, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so, it was made in the mid-90s, and, and the cinematography is, like, I, I feel like the people who made this movie watched a shitload of early Peter Jackson yeah, I think they really did. They're like, let's do a Peter Jackson um, tribute. Yeah, and it's just full of horrible, weird mutant people whose bodies are, you know... Con- I, I, my, my, my main beef is that nobody actually title drops body melts as they... Like, body melt, like, as their bodies yeah. are melting. My body is melting. <laughs> my body is No, melting. because they're too busy screaming and... Uh, <laughs> Howling in pain. <laughs> Which immediately just makes me think of the finest delivery ever from a Batman movie from Batman uh, Forever with the security guard in the vault hanging over the ground from a helicopter where he just goes, my shoes are melting. <laughs> it's boiling acid. Um, and, and so body melt, there's this compound that... What it's is, a what, vitamin. Right. It's like, because the, the mad doctor says... If only we had better fuel, we could be, you know, we could reach new heights and potentials. So they start giving these vitamins out to everyone. But because scientists have had a falling out, the key ingredient, the key ingredient that keeps your body from like melting or exploding or whatever, because it's different for every person. Um, is missing, so everyone that takes these vitamins literally dies a gory, horrible death in this movie. And the practical effects in this movie are fucking choice. Yeah. There's a killer placenta that rivals the third act of seeding of a ghost. Yeah. So wait, so as a, as a new father yourself, did, did the carnivorous placenta fuck you up? Not really. I mean, a pl- once you've seen a placenta, you've seen them all. Right, They're- yeah. <laughs> You know, They're actually kind of cool, um, <laughs> but that didn't really fuck me up. I think what was worse was the woman whose tongue swells to you know a oh. giant long tongue. 
Um, Which just made me think of the leech woman from Puppet Master. Yeah, yeah. It, that's the grossest, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, the dick, the, the exploding dick wasn't that great. Um, yeah, I've, 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 I can't even believe I'm going to say this. I've seen better exploding dicks. <laughs> In horror movies, <laughs> like as as exploding dicks go, this one I would say was like a C plus. Nothing to write home about. So, uh, it's supposed to just be nasty, right? Oh yeah, no, this is supposed to be. Um, and, and the thing is, it, a couple of times it um, seems like it's taking a swing at social commentary, but it has nothing to say. No, it's just here is some industrial music. And here's a um, pregnant woman who explodes, and her placenta eats the baby's father's face off. Yeah, that's, there, there's no bigger statement here about fa- like you know parenthood or, or children or anything. It's just yeah, it's listen, just, our bodies are gross and disgusting. <laughs> which I appreciate that this movie looked at its audience and went, "All right, we know why you're here. Let's get to the fucking body horror." So I'm looking on our list. And speaking of exploding dicks, um, this isn't nearly as good as the exploding dick in When Susurus Stirs. Oh, definitely not. No, no, no. When Susurus Stirs, I think, is my favorite. I, I would say, actually, my favorite dick explosion in a horror movie is either that or the dick in Wolf Cop. Yeah, the Wolf Cop dick is a pretty choice dick explosion. <laughs> it That was actually when I decided, I love Wolf Cop. <laughs> um... Because they have the guts to show. <laughs> yeah, we're exploding wolf. dicks in this werewolf movie, and they just fucking go for it, and I appreciate yeah. that. Um, it's there's really nothing to say about body melt besides it's exactly what you're promised is bodies yeah. that melt. It's the, it's, to... it's the horror version of again, like the videos we were talking about. That was just watch someone peel a Biore strip off their nose in slow motion. Like it is. 100% bodies doing gross, goopy, uncomfortable things, which is fucking, I mean, wonderful, but it, I mean, here's, I mean, listen, not everything needs to be David Cronenberg. Occasionally, you want, like, fast food body horror, and this is that. Yeah, this is, like, low stakes, really gross body horror, and that's all that it is. Yeah, because also, because you don't care about the characters and their lives. Like, whatever happens to their bodies, you kind of don't care. They're basically a science... They're, they're like a, a junior high uh, science experiment that you get to watch in real time. Yeah, no one gets characterization. They're all archetypes. They're all exercise man and uh, <laughs> muscle man and like um, chaste woman. Like, they, they're all these, like, cardboard cutouts basically it's yeah which the like exercise man specifically i think was my favorite like just jogging around the neighborhood waving you know jauntily at his neighbors constantly wearing a neon jogging outfit yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's so good so i would say it's good but it ain't amazing no 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 i i think um all right so let's start with uh neon maniacs Oh, Neon Maniacs is totally better than this movie. Yeah, I agree. I think it has also, if not necessarily anything to like say necessarily with Neon Maniacs, it has something it's doing aside from just let's watch people's bodies melt. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, the Incredible... It's, it's better than The Incredible Melting Man because it held my attention longer. And The Incredible <laughs> Melting Man, I cannot get through 
without the good boys at Mystery Science Theater 3000. Completely agree. And also The Incredible Melting Man. Although maybe it's just that uh, Incredible Melting Man is a little bit older, and so we can kind of look at it from a throwback perspective of like, oh man, it's so of its time. But so is Body Melt. Like, it could not look more like mid-90s um, low-budget horror. Yeah, yeah. The the title card, which is a pulsating puppet. <laughs> which, by the way, I think we should give extra points for that title card, because it, it was like they made that thing in their garage the night before shooting it. Oh, yeah. It's all, like, uh, balloons and gloves and shit filled up. It's... It's made with love. Yeah, which is also the reason why I would put it above Good Tidings. Because Good Tidings, I mean, if we're looking at um, killer Santas holding people hostage and, and, and being dicks versus, hello, it's mid-90s Australia and everybody is exploding, I'm going with the melting Australians. Yeah. Now, here's the... I would say it's better than that true crime documentary, The Real Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. But where I'm getting stuck is, is it better or worse than heavy metal? And see, there, actually, I would draw the line, because I think Heavy Metal, um, first of all, has a better soundtrack. And I mean, it's called fucking Heavy Metal, so it ought to, but even though, side note, the Heavy Metal soundtrack is hilarious because uh, Heavy Metal as a genre kind of didn't find its voice yet, so the thing is like, yeah, Heavy Metal, featuring Blue Oyster Cult, Stevie Nicks? <laughs> like, it's it's great. You know, like, you've got Black Sabbath on there, but it's, it, it's kind of confused, but fucking amazing soundtrack john candy voice work uh and there's honestly the one segment in heavy metal that i think about all the fucking time that the fifth element kind of ripped off with the the cab driver guy sort of flying around oh yeah um, it's legitimate i honestly i kind of stand for the 1981 heavy metal movie like it has a gr i mean and also with uh, spacex launching a car into space I could not stop thinking about that intro with the astronaut in the car flying the orb to Earth. Yeah, I think I think you're right. We'll draw the line there. So our new number 143 is uh, Body Melt, which is available on Amazon Prime if you want to watch something gross. Honestly, all of the notable makeups are also just Google image search. So I hate to say it, but you could just Google Body Melt and see all of the cool... Oh. effects and be done with it you're totally right actually that's that's that, that's like a certain category of movie is that look you could watch this movie in gif form and basically get the same experience yeah yeah uh so so be careful if you don't want to get spoiled by that now there is a pretty choice uh murder of a kangaroo that is a puppet uh <laughs> that's really good and that i did not find i did not spoil myself with image surge but the rest of the movie i spoiled myself on. The, the kangaroo scene which by the way i um to let you know the kind of person that i am i actually fist pumped and went fuck yeah um, sitting at home because like it's these horrible outback hillbillies from across the way like throwing a thing at the kangaroo it's and a rock. Just, it's just yeah. a rock. They, they throw a rock at a kangaroo across the way, and you just see the kangaroo just go thunk and fall over. And it was the funniest fucking thing, and I, I don't know why. I think it was just like, it's one in the morning, I am watching Body Melt. I have lost control of my life, and that kangaroo falling sideways after getting hit in the head with a rock, I, it's... It's great. Now, also with Body Melt, I, I would say uh, if you're watching... This is a movie. All right, listen. Get a bunch of your friends. Watch this with people. 
Like, this is, I think, a fine example of party horror, where low stakes, not getting into any heavy themes, it's it's fun, it's ridiculous, like, it's it it's the fast it's the horror equivalent of like a seven eleven hot dog. Eating with friends. <laughs> That's Oofa dude. Yeah. Yep. So let's talk about our other film tonight, which is Batman Gotham by Gaslight, which is I'm 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 flabbergasted that this movie exists. I I got a lot of thoughts about Gotham by Gaslight. So um, for okay. those of you who um, this so, this is a new movie that I think just came out, right? Right, it just came out. This is a our Blu-ray was provided to us by Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, Warner Brothers Animation, DC Universe movie, an animated Batman Gotham by Gaslight. Now, if you're not a Batman fan or if you're not real deep into the comics, this is based on a Mike Mignola comic book, which is Batman alternate history. What if he was in steam? What if Gotham was like steampunky um, turn of the century? Yeah, it's a Batman Jack the Ripper AU fanfic. Yeah, Batman versus Jack the Ripper. Now, I think what I was most frustrated about, just right off the bat, is that there was a sequel sequel to Gotham by Gaslight called, I believe, When Doom Came to Gotham, which is Batman versus Cthulhu, and none of yes. that makes it into this one. So hopefully the sequel will get made and will get Harvey Dent possessed by Elder Gods. Yeah, which you were showing me some of the art from, like, Harvey Dent, half of his body is, like, shapeless eldritch horror shit. Yeah, yeah, it's good shit. <laughs> now, also with Gotham by Gaslight, I, right off top, I was furious about what they did with Poison Ivy in the start of this film. Now, okay, so so getting into it, it's, it's a Jack the Ripper AU, and... Poison Ivy plays uh, a, a, a Victorian slash Regency slash Edwardian. This movie doesn't understand how time works. So this movie doesn't know how, like, it's World's Fair, but also there's there's a moment where they're like, here's a giant light. You know, what, what would you use a giant light for? And you're like, oh, they're going to make that the bad signal. Or like, look how we've built this giant World's Fair for the Gotham World's Fair. You you remember the Gotham World's <laughs> Fair, right? But yeah, it's like, it's got street moppets and like, it doesn't know anything about history. So it's like, sure. Like, you could just imagine the guys in the writing room were like, that's the, like, sorry, there's, there's so much to talk about. I'm just, well, I don't know okay, where specifically. to start. Bruce Wayne has mutton chops. <laughs> Very important, those mutton chops. And Bruce Wayne, like, okay, it's like, yeah, it's kind of Victorian. We've got, like, although, you know, we've got Oliver-style street moppets sort of working the marks. and and But also there's, it's kind of Edwardian. Everybody, like, half the cast has a British accent for whatever fucking reason. The other half doesn't. It's in Gotham, apparently. They throw in a thing about the Civil War at a certain... At, toward the end? Yeah, yeah. It's revealed that one of the characters was driven mad by the Battle of Antietam, and that's why he does... Right, because he's like, ah. uh, Well, okay. So, to, to, to start off, Poison Ivy. Now, I have a lot of feelings about Poison Ivy because I think she's one of the coolest fucking characters DC ever like put out as a character and she is a sex worker who is also a dancing girl who does 
vaudeville, basically? Yeah, yeah. She's a club girl who also dabbles in sex work. Right. As you know, it's just one of those singing, dancing, painted women. Uh, and she's in an alleyway uh, after after doing her, her lewd, um, certainly uh, 1830 to 1930 era dance. And she stumbles on a big guy in a top hat in the alleyway whose face is hidden. And she's like, oh, you look like a really cool dude. We should have sex. And then he pulls out a knife and fucking guts her. Because he's now, Jack the Ripper. Because he's Jack the Ripper. How dare you do that yeah, first of all what the fuck poison yeah. ivy and it poison fucking ivy also i think what's really got me all worked up about this movie is it is a hard r it got an mpaa yeah. r rating for an animated feature that is executive co-produced by bruce tim so Batman mm-hmm. the Animated Series is my Batman. You know how like everyone's got their oh, own yeah. version of Batman and that's what makes comic books so cool? But like mm-hmm. afternoon, coming home from school and watching Clayface and um, the Joker and Harley Quinn, that's my Batman. So yeah. it is so fucking wild to me that it is animated in that style, but also you see like the under cheek of poison ivy's butt yeah i now and and that's it's done in a way that's so fucking exploitative that now and all right now here's the thing i not to be like yeah i've been to places but when i went to london in 2010 um one of the things that i that was really cool was that we we uh, went on a white chapel jack the ripper tour and at first i was really leery about it because i don't Oh, it was so cool. Like, we walked around Whitechapel and saw all of the, the, the places where Jack the Ripper did this. And the thing that I appreciated so much was that our tour guide... Now, of course, if you're finding, like, local London tour guide will totally give you the skinny on a, on a Jack the Ripper. Of course, you're... I, I was worried initially that, like, this is some fucking fly-by-night Mickey Mouse-ass Londoner guy who's making a, an easy buck making up some bullshit. That was not the case, and the guy opened it up with, like, now here's the thing. Jack the Ripper... Uh, killed women that had already been marginalized by society. Before Jack the Ripper ever got there, they had already been brutalized by London society. And it was, you know, it wasn't exploitative. It was done in a way that was like, yeah, I mean, this happened and it was terrible, but we can't look away from that. We have to look at what happened. We have to, you know, feel for the victims and understand what they were going through. Batman Gotham by Gaslight does not give a shit. It's basically a giant dead hooker joke. Yeah, but it's with crazy sexist. And also, Selena Kyle is a um, suffragette. So Catwoman is a suffragette. But She's a suffragette, but also a dancing girl, but also a quasi-sex worker. And also fucks Bruce Wayne in this movie. Now here's the... All right, now here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Batman doesn't fuck. And when I say that, like... All right, it, now, it depends on which version of Batman, right? I think Michael Keaton Batman definitely fucks. I don't think Val Kilmer Batman fucks. George Clooney Batman absolutely fucks. Christopher Nolan Batman has never fucked and would never fuck. No, I no. don't need to see Batman and Catwoman fucking. And I say this as someone who, like like you, Batman the Animated Series, 
was how I, that was the first show I ever became obsessed with when I was a very, very small child. I shipped Batman and Catwoman before I understood what shipping was. Yeah, I, you're supposed to. But yeah, no, the, that tension is never supposed to be, com- it's never supposed to be consummated because that's what keeps the show running. <laughs> Yes! Like, I don't need to see Catwoman's bare ass. I don't need to see Bruce Wayne have sex. Like, this movie, it's... it's uh, Man, this is going to sound rude um, toward a movie that was graciously provided to us as a screener. Um, this is basically a, a gross Victorian, like, quasi-Victorian Batman fanfic written by a gross child. Like, it, it's not good. And the way that women are portrayed in this, they're either, like... I feel like every dude in quasi-Gotham spends most of his time screaming about, like, you know, face down in a gutter going, whores! And it's so fucking dumb. Women have no agency. Catwoman, you know, has to get, like, rescued. Yeah, fucking Catwoman, who should be holding her own throughout the whole movie, and has a whip and beats ass, gets defeated as fast as possible, and then has to be the damsel in distress yeah she gets handily beaten by you you, want to go ahead and spoil who jack the ripper is no i think we should not spoil but jack the ripper does whoop ass yeah no he's he's power jack the ripper um and so as the as the thing progresses like there's a kind of oh no batman's getting framed for murder and uh, of course there's a steampunky airship that pops up at one okay, point. Okay, so the design is really cool and we have to thank mm-hmm. Brian Augustine and Mike Mignola from that cuz a lot of it is from the comics. But mm-hmm. the bat gun, what is the name of the bat gun? I can never remember. The bat gun? You know, the grappling hook. Oh, 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 I don't know that that has a name. I think it's just the grappling hook. Okay, so the grappling hook is amazing. Bat grappler? The bat grappler is all steampunky, and it's got, like, little doodads on it, and it looks Mm -hmm. amazing, and it's animated really well. And the fight choreography, I never thought I would say the fight choreography of an animated film uh, had me jumping out of my chair like my favorite martial arts movies or my favorite wrestling matches. Yeah, actually, the, I, I, yeah, the, the fight choreography, like, specifically, that's the best part of Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, it's so well animated, and it is so innovative, and, like, it's weird because I don't sit around and think, like, Batman is a good fighter, but he literally knows every martial art, so, of course, he <laughs> would fuck up some folks. And also, mm. he mercilessly breaks, who's basically Fagin's uh, leg, so that he can never <laughs> walk again. It's fucked up. Like, yeah, I, so basically, yeah. he runs across this version of Robin, and the way that he brings him into his wing is because uh, Robin in this this universe is a Moppet who is... Um, stealing money from rich people he's stuck with like the uh, artful dodger and like the old people so batman just breaks <laughs> the guy's legs yeah batman is like says yeah, he won't I... chase after you anymore yeah batman is like yeah i learned jeet kundo from william shakespeare or several newsies maybe stephen <laughs> sondheim or uh hh holmes taught me how to do that move anyway somebody from 1830 to 1930 definitely taught taught me some sweet fighting moves yeah like and and the guy that now okay credit where it's due the the voice acting is pretty good yeah voice acting is pretty good but that's the like this is warner brothers animation so the animation the voice acting it's all you know has that mark of quality 
the thing that's fucking mm-hmm. wild to me is I don't know who this is for. Right. That that that's who's right. out here now, asking it's for a... hard R gore and sex in their Batman. Yeah. All right. Now, if, if are there, <clears throat> I, I say this already knowing the answer. Are there dudes out there going like, I want to watch a Batman movie, but I want to watch Batman. Fuck. <laughs> and like, okay. So is this for? It's like two. All right. This is gonna sound rude. It's too dumb for adults, but way too mature for children. Yeah, I think that's that's part of it. Is I'm a stodgy dad, and I got this in the mail, and it's got this real. It's got this. Um, the Blu-ray has this amazing metallic cover, and it says Gotham by Gaslight, and Batman's looks really awesome on it. And if my son walked up and said, "Oh, sweet, a Batman movie, can we watch that?" I have to say no. Yeah. No, because he's out here vivisecting poison ivy in an alleyway. However, oh, and the the blood from the vivisection is just like arcs and gouts and gouts oh, of blood. Oh, great, great gushes of blood. Which looks, admittedly, looks really good. Oh, sure. No, yeah, like, if it were done the way that it was, I would be appreciating going, damn, that blood. But it... Oh, oh now boy. I will say one thing that I appreciate in, and this is the best special feature on this Blu-ray. It mm-hmm. has uh, steampunk adjacent episodes of Batman cartoons on it. It's got mm-hmm. the Jonah Hex episode of the original Batman animated series, and oh, it's got yeah. a Halloween episode of Batman: Brave and the Bold, where Batman crashes a Halloween party held by Scarecrow. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Batman Brave and the Bold doesn't get enough play, by the way. I no, fucking adore show, Brave and the Bold. My guy, Batman Brave and the Bold has Batman fighting Dracula. <laughs> it has Batman fighting Dracula and also features... Uh, isn't that the... Wait, is that it's the one Diedrich that had... Diedrich Bader. Rob- <laughs> yeah, Diedrich Bader. It, it was Brave and the Bold the one that featured Robert Englund as the, uh, as the Riddler? I don't know, um, but Because I know Because I know they got Robert Englund to play the Riddler, which honestly... At this point in his career, if Robert Anklin only did voiceover work forever, I would be fucking great with it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it is. it, it would be fine if my son said, I want to watch this. I could put on the two episodes in the bonus features. Mm-hmm. And, and do that. Which also, I mean, Batman, honestly, Batman the Animated Series, like the, the, the OG Batman, I feel like there's no finer series to be someone's first Batman because the... I... Now, all right, and now we're getting into like horror, and w- at what age should people start consuming horror as a thing? Like, you know, when are people ready for it? Some of the earliest horror for me was the Clayface episode. Yeah, of... that is body horror. Oh, it's pure body a horror. A man and, like... is disfigured, and they the thugs say, "We'll give you plenty of this thing to make you not a freak." And it, like, mutates his body. Yeah, there's a bit in there where Roland Daggett is, like, transforming. And it's so sad and weird and perfect where, like, his body is losing its shit. And he's, like, rapidly transforming uh, from Clayface into the different roles that he's yeah, played throughout his career. Yeah, because he's become unstable and he can't hold his identity together because of the concentration. Yes, and you've got this incredible rumination on, like, my God, you know, like, it, the past is the past, and you, you can't, you have to progress, and, and any attempt to, you know, stay in that state of arrested development is just going to have tragic consequences. And you go from that to Gotham by Gaslight, which is, hey, what if Jack the Ripper killed Poison Ivy? Like, it, yeah, and, like, not yeah. that everything needs to be, you know, really heavy 
um, and full of pathos. And because sometimes, listen, because as as previously stated, Batman: Brave and the Bold owns bones, and it is the least serious adaptation of Batman I've ever seen. It's got dinosaurs in it. It is the most. What do little boys want out of Batman? It's the most yes. like. What will sell toys? Dinosaurs and Dracula, <laughs> and and let's put Batman in a giant robot version of Batman. Yeah, which I, I you know, you've got Aquaman popping up and just constantly yelling outrageous, and it's fucking perfect. Now, also with Gotham by Gaslight, there's the fact that um, you've got this sort of love triangle thing with Harvey Dent and Selina Kyle and Batman, and it's like. Can we stop reducing Catwoman's character to her sexual currency? Like, can we stop having, like, you know, oh no, Harvey Dent is also kind of dating her, but so is Bruce Wayne. We definitely, uh, I don't know, like, to say that Gotham, I guess, like, has some problems with women is a bit of an understatement, but I think even more than that, it's like, it's not even saying anything about these things. It's just throwing out a dead hooker joke and going, deal with it, hard R, motherfuckers! Batman, and then leaping out the yeah, window. Yeah, it's not even, like, doing... Because even the best literature of this time period, like, The Awakening is one of my favorite novels, and that oh, God, is yeah. 1890s, hey, let's talk about how fucked up women's roles are. Yeah. And, and even, like, Stephen Crane's Maggie, A Girl on the Streets, which, like, this oh, totally takes a page from that book is hey let's talk about how fucked up it is to be a moppet on the streets of a major uh city in america right but even with that at least actually no i can't think of a victorian novel that doesn't challenge how fucked up society is and Mm -hmm. this movie just misses that aspect of the time period completely it's I mean, just... Dickens, Dickens made his fucking hay from that. And even, like, I mean, and the other difference there is that, like, Maggie by Stephen Crane has a sense of humor and is viciously funny and tragic. And, the, I mean, all right, and not that everything needs to be Stephen Crane, but Gotham, I guess, like, I think it's also, all right, this is going to be a, a spicy take. Uh, steampunk is bad and has always been bad. And one of the reasons for that to me now, and not that everything needs to be like a, a, a binary where like, you know, this thing is better than this other thing. Although this is literally a show predicated upon that. So, um, <laughs> but so cyberpunk is better than steampunk, for example, because at least cyberpunk is a set of, you know, uh, ideas and archetypes and tropes that are, you know, like, you know, anti, uh, anti-authority, anti you know, huge corporations, the loss of humanity as technology outstrips it. All of these things, and steampunk is literally just, I've got gears on my hat, and I'm in an airship, and it's it has nothing to say. And I think uh, Gotham by Gaslight, I've read a lot of really bad steampunk novels purely because the front cover looked so cool. And I think that's Gotham by Gaslight. Yeah, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to hold you a little bit to that, because... Um, you haven't read River of Teeth yet, which is what True. if America solved the meat crisis by breeding hippos, which is a, an actual part of American history. So that kind of AU is amazing. So you now have mm-hmm. a novel with, and that's by Sarah Gailey. You have a novel where cowboys are riding hippos in Louisiana swamps and trying to like wrangle hippos. 
Or yeah. Gail Carriger's The Parasol Protectorate. Have you read those? I have not read the... I, I The last one I read was The Difference Engine by William Gibson. So, uh, Gail Carriger's Parasol uh, Protectorate is, like, cozy steampunk because, like, the main character will be eating treacle tarts and then kill a vampire with her umbrella and then go back to drinking her tea. So it's just nice. real chill. So, mm-hmm. like... I'm not going to sit here and say, like, none. And also, um, Jeff Vandermeer and China Mieville, like, all that, like, genre-bending stuff, they, they sprinkle in some um, steampunk that works. Rail Sea, which is Moby Dick, but on a train mm-hmm. with a giant mole. See, but that's adding an element that I, I think is not just pure steampunk. Right, right. That's not the... the Basically, every time I go to a comics convention, someone mm-hmm. in a steampunk outfit will walk up to me and say, do you like to read books? And I will say no. And I think that's what you're <laughs> talking about. You yes, know, I'll say correct. I don't read because I don't want to say your novel is probably not very good, although right. I like your outfit. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a sweet pork pie hat, my my dude. And yeah, I think that's what this whole thing is, is it's more flash and not enough substance, which I'm cringing to say that because that seems like such a trite way to say I didn't care for this is all flash mm-hmm. and no substance. But there's some good shit in this. It's just not the shit that I want it to be from the franchise that I expect it to have. Right, so if it were um, not Batman, like let's say that it's Schmatman and Schmatwoman and um, Schmack the Schmipper, and they're all in fake city and doing stuff. Wait, wait, that... I think it should be Schmatman, Schatwoman, and Jack the Shitter. <laughs> Jack the Shitter! Old, old Jack the Shitter out here wreaking his terrible vengeance. Yeah, like if this had been an unrelated uh, property that was just an animated movie that was that, but without all the baggage of also he's Batman, would you have liked it more? I think I would because ignoring the Batman aspects and my canon, my head canon and all of the baggage and fandom and the, I can't believe this movie exists. It's a fine film. It's, Mm -hmm. it's just good fun. It's just the fact that it's Batman and there is so much better Batman out there. I mean, mm. Grant Morrison wrote Batman for what, like twenty years or some shit like that. Yeah, House, like yeah, like House on Serious Earth. That's yeah, yeah. And I mean, this is a Mike Mignola book, and the Mike Mignola book is better than the movie. And like, <laughs> I know that's also they're different things, and that's such sure. a like shit way. But I mean, Ava DuVernay just got announced that she's doing. Um, New Gods, the Jack Kirby movie. Oh, yeah. So, like, if DC is doing that, why are they also doing this? Uh, maybe now, that's not fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, you know, there's a, there's there's room at the table for, for many different takes on Batman. But, yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's, uh, hard, you know, old hard-R fun, you know? Um, but it's... And, and it's there are not... hard-R Batman comic books, but... For some reason, translating it from the page to... I don't know why, you know, it's not taboo to make a Watchmen movie, but it's taboo to make a R Batman. Yeah, that's... Well, that's a really good point. And also, I I have to admit, I think I was just feeling particularly ungracious because of the first five minutes of Gotham by Gaslight, where I, I did Obama hands when it was just that happened, and it was like... 
okay, so that's the kind of fucking movie this is. It puts a bad taste in your mouth. I think that's the problem, yeah. is it starts off with... I think that Poison Ivy didn't have to be in the movie, and like that just says to to the viewers, like, that's not great. Now, um, I forgot the doc... Is it Dr. Howard, who's actually a continuity Batman character? It's oh, like, maybe? the best part of the movie the the guy that's the um the big bad villain that's like pulling the strings and trying to get jack the ripper to do all the evil stuff oh yeah i don't know yeah that guy's pretty good so well yeah also i mean i I do appreciate also hugo strange being the most extra at all times (laughs) where he just pops up anytime hugo strange pops up i know i'm going to thoroughly enjoy whatever happens now because he is the most cartoonishly evil science guy and he's just a fucking delight anytime he's in anything yeah yeah hugo strange is pretty fucking great in this movie um i strongly recommend them and and arkham being just like an actual like a victorian asylum where everyone's just in a hole (laughs) yeah this is the crazy hole it's where we put everyone and it's like it it, it made me think i I really wish they had gone the extra mile and put the rogues gallery in there so like you have a (laughs) guy that's just got makeup on his face or like i don't know a steampunk uh firefly would have been really cool (laughs) the penguin listen the penguin is the most readily steampunk adaptable character and you could have had yeah, Steampunk yeah, Penguin not in, it. in a pit full of people going, Mah! and also that scene immediately reminded me of like the cartoony um, Weston Hills circa early 20th century from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, where it was like going into Freddy's origins and how his mom was, you know, locked into an, uh, into a scary mental asylum with a uh, hundred maniacs over the holidays. And it's just literally a room full of extras going hell for breakfast, throwing themselves at the walls and hooting. <laughs> And this was that, but in a hole. So we already have a Batman movie on our list. We do. Um, is that all right? It's number one fifty-five. Batman Dead End. I, yeah. Now I. Uh, this is better than Dead End because it's something that is more it's than feature length, and it's it's fleshed out. Well, it's feature length, and also it's something more than just. Well, although I don't know. Wouldn't it be cool if Batman punched Jack the Ripper in the face? Isn't actually that far from wouldn't it be cool if Batman punched Predator in the face? Okay, so here's my biggest counterpoint for why Dead End is better. That Mm -hmm. depiction of Joker is far more faithful to any DC character than anybody in Batman Gotham by Gaslight. That's a fucking great point. That he is at least... Yeah, you know what you're getting? That that Joker Joker performance is like... Heath Ledger caliber, that guy gets Joker. <laughs> yeah, he's hoo-hawing all over the place. He's he's a, a delight. Um, I do also think the IWA Japan Nail Hell Deathmatch from 1994 is better than Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, and 205 Live, the, the Halloween street fight is better. Oh, Oh, fuck, Tony Nese doing crunches while throwing pumpkins at a guy? Yeah. It's so much better. The submitting because someone puts candy in his mouth? <laughs> Not my also, abs. Yeah, no, specifically refusing candy as a heel move <laughs> is my favorite cartoony Saturday morning, this man is a bad guy move. Um, now, yeah. all right, I do think, all right, as a floor... I do think this is better than The Puppet Man. Oh, yeah. I think it's better than Microwave Massacre. Well, yeah. And 
Yeah, probably also better than Cheek Hills. So, yeah, I think it fits right there between cartoonish Saturday morning fun and She Kills being movies that get way too uh, too gritty for my taste. Yeah, that that are a little a little bit too much. Which I mean, I don't want to be a prude uh, because it definitely is like weird. It's weird sex and violence in a like. I know that horror is sex and violence all the time, but it's it gets there's a line and she kills and Gotham by Gaslight kind of are a little too uh, cozy with that that. I I agree, but more than that, I think, you know what it is? At this point, like, not to be, you know, not to navel-gaze too much, we're like sex and violence sommeliers at this point, (laughs) after having watched over 200 horror movies just for this podcast. At this point, you gotta be kind of discerning about the kind of sex and violence, because we were, listen, we were rhapsodizing about Body Melt being a rollicking good time. We, you know, I don't think it's that we're prudes, I think it's that we're picky. Yeah, we have a right. Now listen, um, this Blu-ray looks great. There's also trailers for future DC animated movies. They're putting out, and there's a sneak peek on this Blu-ray, for Suicide Squad that's a grindhouse style. So, like, the the featurette, all of, I don't know if the final product is going to have, like, cigarette burns and scratch lines, but the featurette makes it look like that, and it's all, like, mad scientists in pig masks drilling lobotomies into people's brains and, like, yes. kung fu masters. It's going to be fucking sweet. So, yeah, uh, which, which, we're so much ourselves when we think of the things we like watching. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Listen, pig, 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 pig mask lobotomy. Because if that was in the Suicide uh, Squad movie, I would have liked it. So I'm hoping they're going to do Suicide <laughs> Squad right because it is inherently '70s uh, weirdness instead of like a major Hollywood production. See, I would have killed to see 70s Grindhouse Weirdness Suicide Squad versus the focus-grouped nightmare dimension that was the movie Suicide okay, Squad. Okay, so the, the reason why Suicide Squad is a good comic book is because literally the premise is they are villains. They mm-hmm. are working for Amanda Waller to get some time off. If they die on these Suicide Squad missions, no one will miss them. The comic book right. literally kills people because it is a Suicide Squad. So you get these joke villains like Boomerang Man, and they fucking die in the comic yes. books. In the, I remember reading in the early 2000s, there was a, a new volume of Suicide Squad. And, you know, on panel a random member of the squad gets eaten by ants. Like, super evil ants. He's swarmed, and, like, the swarm moves away, and his skeleton is there. And, like, in the comic book, stuff like Sergeant Rock has not aged since the 1940s. So now he's on the Suicide Squad. (laughs) Fucking Sergeant Rock, by the way. Which, Boomerang Man? I was furious that this movie played Boomerang Man painfully earnest yeah yeah like it's supposed nothing to be funny dumb. about this and deadshot is supposed to be like this is really stupid i wish i wasn't on this team but, but you know they have to be these super serious movies so i think that that's the good direction and, and yeah i think which is also how will smith looked for the duration of production 
Right. So, all in all, I'd say pick up this Blu-ray if you want to have a... If you aren't opposed to <laughs> sex and violence in your Batman, and that, I get it. Some people want violence and sex in their Batman. Like, is this a, is this, is this a thing that's basically, uh, I want all of the things I liked when I was a kid to have grown up with me and to also feature sex and violence Yes, now? yes. This is... This is actually a outgrowth from the swing against Batman 66. It's that we've got to make Batman serious again. So we're going to make him grimdark. For God's sake. Yep. Now, also, they are making animated Batman 66s that, until Adam West died, was still voicing Batman. And they're doing, yeah. they did stuff like put... Two Face in the sixty six universe, uh, and those are pretty great. That is great. I yeah. I now we. I was pretty hard. I mean, like we were pretty hard on Gotham by Gaslight. This is not the worst thing I've ever seen. Like I mean, literally, it's lot... one fifty nine. It's way better than <laughs> almost this. It's better the, than the Vampire Hunter D. So put that on the <laughs> the case. Yeah, which I mean, the animation style kind of similar. no no certified um, better than Crimson Peak. <laughs> <laughs> we need to start printing up stickers like there is a lot to like about gotham by gaslight in terms of like the technical aspects and it does some cool stuff but yeah i mean it's literally if you need all of your childhood toys to grow weird genitals and try to punch you in the face as an adult this is the movie for you okay so we have time for one more listener request from our friends at the everything is awesome podcast they want us to rank the ring the American Ring remake. Oh boy, I love it! I love it! It's I love pretty it. good. Um, I I think it's wild to me also that that movie trades on VHS tapes, and it came out when VHS was already <laughs> in a relevant format. Yeah, it was. It, it was getting cycled out. I honestly, this is one of those cases where uh, the American adaptation of the Japanese movie, I think it's better than Ringu. <laughs> I think it's tighter and better paced and more I think I think it's more well done. See, I was I was I've always thought that um it follows the tradition of American movies to try to over explain too much. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes Ringu scarier is that you don't know what the fuck's happening and the ring goes into like we have to explain why Samara does the things we do and we got to explain all of the random images in this VHS tape and like Here's some horses that are freaked out by this woman. <laughs> oh, that's oh, that's fair. Which, by the way, the horses. I swear to God, I got that scene burned into my brain when I was a teen, like a young teenager, of the horse running off the boat. Like, I don't know what it is about that image that is the worst thing I've ever seen. But I, I think for me, the reason I like the Ring over Ringo is that I, you know, th- the way that it explains everything, it didn't feel. Like, it kept the plot moving while revealing those things instead of pulling, you know, the end of Psycho where a guy had to sit down in front of the camera and be like, let me explain something to you, you dummy. Um, Also, the ending of The Ring is pretty dope where they're just copying tapes after tape after tape. It's so good. And the performances are great. I think, uh, honestly, it's such a great intro to like you know if, if you haven't watched any japanese horror and you're you know kind of leery about jumping into it it's like okay if you like the ring get into japanese horror like it's 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 a good sort of hey we slathered this in mayonnaise for you 
So, so it's the like cowboy it. role of J-horror? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, the ring is the cowboy role of uh, J-horror. So you um, live on the Pacific Ocean, so there's probably good sushi. Can you get a cowboy roll in California? I, I actually have never seen a cowboy roll on the menu at a sushi place in, so, in, in, in Los Angeles. Have you had one before? I, so listen, dear listeners, a cowboy roll is steak wrapped in seaweed and rice. It is a cooked <laughs> sirloin steak. <laughs> wrapped up in sushi and covered in that hot Japanese mayonnaise. So going with like the wasabi mayonnaise covered, yeah, literal steak. Yes, the ring is the cowboy <laughs> role of J-Horror. That, that is perfect. So by that, uh, it's definitely better than The Grudge. Oh, The Grudge blows thunder. I hate, I hate The Grudge. Um, it's definitely better than The Grudge, but I would say uh, is also probably better than... Man, I think we're kind of far down the list, actually. I think it's better, um, certainly, than Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Oh, really? I think so, because I think, it, uh, in terms of construction, that script clicks right the fuck along. The scares are... I, I don't know. I appreciate so much a movie like The Ring that doesn't function entirely on jump scares. That's true. Because I think a lot of movies post The Ring that are kind of, you know, drawing on a movie that was already drawing on another movie have basically like for example uh, i just watched the movie lights out it was terrible and i hated it but one of the wild things about it was just like the sheer number of jump scares in that movie like it has no scares that are not jump scares and i think the ring is so impressive because it builds that atmosphere and it builds tension through what the you know the characters are doing and and the threat hanging over everything that you've only got seven days to figure this shit out before um something crawls out of the drain and eats you yeah yeah and and Um, just wet hair which is such a japanese image of like gross creepy stuff but like wet (laughs) hair yeah something scraped out of the drain that wants your blood um now i would say the ceiling for me i do not think the ring is better than jennifer's body Okay, so I was going to say it would go right above, but I would say right below. Um, well, right below Jennifer's body is that episode of Black Mirror, White Bear, and Attack on Titan. Oh, it's better than Attack on Titan. Yeah, I don't know how it's that, a better movie. I don't, know how Attack on, I don't know how Attack on Titan got up to number 93, actually. Okay, you know why Attack on Titan got up to number 93? How's that? Uh, Titan Baby. Oh yes! Oh, that's true. That good Titan baby. <laughs> that's an excellent point. Titan baby, that, all right. and and just like people, and just the sheer vor of it all. <laughs> Shit! Why isn't it higher? Actually, <laughs> <laughs> think about it. we got vor and a Titan baby. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So actually, um, all right. Do you think the ring? Because you're not you're I not think, super high on the ring. I think right. I like it. I don't mm-hmm. love it. Because yeah. my favorite movies are actual, like, 70s and 80s Hong Kong and Japanese movies. So, like, mm-hmm. this is very diluted. This is what I like, but extremely diluted. Oh, shit. Now that I think about it, I think this might be um, a fundamental um, a thing that differentiates both of our taste in movies. Because I think you tend to go more for, like, the 70s, 80s grindhouse stuff. I'm I'm I think I'm more of a mark for shiny uh like triple A Hollywood releases 
Like, yeah, Happy yeah, Death I Day. I don't like AAA releases. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Happy Death Day, we were pretty divided on. I think that might be a thing to... to wow. Yeah. Listen, I'm we've done over 50 episodes, Miami and I just figured that out. your uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> I can't believe I just figured that out after, like, 50-something <laughs> episodes. That everything that... I suggest is some, like, scratched-up piece of garbage that someone said, Hey, I found this reel of this shot-on-video movie from the 70s in my mom's attic. Let's scan it to Blu-ray. And I'm like, yes, please. I would like it. <laughs> And and I'm over here like, hey, I found this video of Steven Spielberg discussing Poltergeist. Can we rank that? <laughs> hey, um, look at, you know, oh my god, I want to buy all of Vinegar Syndrome's new April releases. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so definitely, you're, you're over here like, fuck, cross over to them. Let them cross over to us. And I'm over here like, I really, I think Jurassic Park is a horror movie because I think it's really cool. <laughs> Um, that's, this is, this is the, the fundamental difference. But so go, all right. So going by that, I would put this snugly in between Attack on Titan and Hellbound Hellraiser 2. Okay. So Attack on Titan is a little bit better. See, that's where I actually would say Attack on, okay. So here's the deal. Attack on Titan already is showing its age and it's like a year old. The CG (laughs) is not aging well. I think that's um, why I like it. Yeah, it, it is clever because it's just people in body stockings and like trip photography. But <laughs> right. also some of it is like, oh, come on. But even for yeah. how old it is, the ring is still scary. Like they did well with being judicious with their CGI. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, you have those faces that are like, oh, I saw the tape and now I don't have a face. And that you kind of look at <laughs> You know what I mean? So, like, you look at that and you're like, that doesn't look good. But, like, Samara coming out of the TV still is scary as shit. Oh, yeah. And and, and maybe, uh, you know, at this point in 2018, we look at a lot of stuff in the ring and we're like, well, that's cliched as fuck. But it's cliched as fuck because that was where we saw it first. Right, right. With, like, her weird twitchy movements. Yeah, and then that's where the whole, like, Scream and The Ring is, like, the whole scary movie franchise. Yeah, yeah, completely. So, honestly, yeah, going by that, I think, ooh, is it better than Attack on Titan? I'd say yes. Now, what about this episode? Mm-hmm. What about White Bear, that episode of Black Mirror? Now, White Bear was the episode with the this is your life thing, right? It's the one where the woman is a killer and doesn't yeah. know why no one will help her out. Ah, uh, that, honestly, I, I wasn't, I was not nearly as high on that episode as, as you and Jesse Mae Peluso. Like, that one... I, I kind of did, I, the reveal was kind of like, oh, fuck, I guess that's happening. So I'm, I'm not crazy about it. So I would argue it's better than Jennifer's body because it's scarier than Jennifer's body. Well, that's true. But also Jennifer's body, I think, is is meant to be funnier than scary. But also that's I, I, true, it is. But I also agree, like, it's, uh, I, I think, now, here's the thing. Jennifer's body, I like a lot. We can also look at, like, directors. So, The Ring is directed by Gore Verbinski, and he's done a lot of other good stuff. He certainly has. And um, I would argue that, I can't remember who directed Jennifer's body, but I don't think they went on to do as much with their vision, wasn't, so what, to speak. Wasn't that a Diablo Cody script? Yes, it was. Yeah. So there you have. I, 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 why do I just think that Diablo Cody directed? Well, because she wrote it. Um, yeah, I honestly like. I really, really love Jennifer's body, and I would probably. 
Yeah, I think uh, The Ring is probably better than... At least because Jennifer's body, I think back on it, I'm like, oh, there's like a couple of lines that I really, really love. Like, you know, you're killing people, not people, boys. Like, there, there, there are so many bits from Jennifer's body that I, I love and think about, but I think The Ring is full of more, like, iconic No, but you do have a shit. good point. Like, um, what is the name of the band? On the Shoulder? Like, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, I can't. Oh, it's it's so good. What about like just below Jennifer's body? We'll put the ring. Yeah, I would I would say by just a fingernail, it's below Jennifer's body. Yeah, just a broken fingernail trying to claw its way out. <laughs> oh God, we can't get away from the body horror stuff tonight, Ugh. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly googling how to stop having a body. <laughs> how like I really would be amenable to at least talking about putting my brain in a jar mm-hmm. like yeah there's if, that if, there's that startup if you could synth if you could put me in a synthesized body like i'm not i probably wouldn't do it but i would hear you out first right if you could have your brain transmitted into like uh maybe one of those like robot dog things and you've got like a jar a brain in a jar atop the robot dog yeah yeah or like the um the spider monks in uh, Return of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. The Beomar monks, yeah, like that. Yeah, just like a spider skeleton with a brain floating underneath. <laughs> Maybe. Yep. Um, I think so. Did you ever read all of those um, Star Wars like uh, Shadows of the Empire books and stuff like that? Oh yeah, back in the day, I was on that so, uh, EU beat as a kid. So, I think the most horror thing that Star Wars can be, besides when they made the Stormtrooper zombie novel, is mm-hmm. that those BMR monks uh, lived in Jabba's palace and, like, everyone wasn't paying attention. But after Jabba died, they converted a bunch of people in the castle to their religion and, like, scooped everyone's brains out and put them in robots and, like, they oh, multiplied. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, I have not read that one, and I really need to. You're welcome. <laughs> holy holy shit. The, yeah, more, everything more went horror. to shit when Java died, so... <laughs> more horror in Star Wars. That's that's my that's my campaign platform. Uh, where can our listeners find us online? Our listeners can find us constantly shitposting on Twitter, <laughs> at RankinVileCast. Yeah. Um, and then also we're over on Instagram at um, Just Rank and Vile and on Tumblr at Just Rank and Vile. Yes. If you are a filmmaker or uh, a anybody that wants to advertise or anything like that, uh, or if you just want to tell us what you think of the show, or especially if you want to do um, requests, uh, maybe you can crack number 92, uh, The Ring, um, shoot us an email, rankandvilecast at gmail.com. We want to talk to you. Ryan, why don't you tell our listeners how they can listen to this show? Uh, they can find us on iTunes, obviously, if because I, I think most most of the people, uh, I'm reliably informed by Podbean that most people listen to our show on uh, iTunes. But also, um, I think we're, uh, I'm looking into getting us on uh, Stitcher uh, probably in the next uh, week or so. Yeah, if you um, want us on a particular streaming service, um, shoot us an email and tell us how you're listening uh, and we'll try to, to get on that. I think Last FM said no. Um, or no, um, one of those uh, we asked and they they turned us down. 
but uh, we'll keep asking if you want it. So um, you can always go to Podbean, rankandvinyl.podbean.com and stream or download directly from our website or iTunes. Um, I'm a big fan of Podcast Addict. I cannot recommend that app enough. Um, mm-hmm. If you are looking for an Android third-party podcasting app, <laughs> uh, Podcast Addict is fucking dope. Absolutely. But uh, barring that, I think that's all we got. You got anything else? That's it. Awesome. Have a good week, folks. Bye.